Welcome to Champagne Moments, a podcast that brings you empowering and uplifting conversations about those special life moments worth celebrating. I am Zenta and I am passionate about encouraging you to find your own Champagne Moments so that you can show up as your best empowered, radiant self, knowing that you are worthy of being celebrated. problems in life that seem completely trivial compared to what we've just been through. The pandemic, riots, war, and everything else around the world. What just happened? Two years ago, the world went insane. And now here we are, still a little shell-shocked and still trying to understand it all. A friend described the pandemic as a sacred pause. I certainly don't want to take anything away from the pain and loss that COVID has caused, so many awful losses, but these words really resonate with me, a sacred pause. Perhaps they can still be a good side to this terrible time. The whole world came to a standstill. What did we learn from that pause? Perhaps 2020, 2021, and even 2022 were meant to be this way. Hear me out. Meant to be this way, to make us question ourselves, who and what we allow into our lives to question our life choices, to make better choices. Perhaps this was our unique once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to light us up, give us clarity, put some spark into our lives. What if this is the biggest opportunity of our lifetime and it is our choice if we let it slip by or we embrace it? It could be a time of growth and change, if that's what we choose it to be, a time to learn lessons. When we truly learn a lesson, we can move on from it. We will attract the same lessons over and over until we have learned them. And so it is important for us to really process and work through what comes up for us in life so that we don't attract it again. We will attract the same kind of people, the same clients, relationships, friends, until we change the patterns within ourselves. We as humanity have some collective lessons to learn too. If we look at history, we have done all of this before. We have had pandemics, we've had world wars. Can we learn from our past? Can we do it differently this time? Apparently, on 8th of November 1918, a conga line wound through Manhattan's Fifth Avenue. It was a celebration. Confetti of torn up paper rained down on the crowds from high-rise buildings. They were celebrating the end of the Spanish flu as the death rate fell drastically. And it was the end of the Great War. The New York Times said, For the moment, the whole population of New York was absolutely unrestrained, giving way to its emotions without any consideration of anything but the desire to express what it felt. Together, the end of the pandemic and war brought about one of the most fun and exciting eras, the Roaring Twenties. People wanted to feel alive again, Doesn't this sound familiar for what we're hearing people say now? I'm over masks. I want to travel. I want to see my family. I want to see friends. I want to live. How exciting to be completely unrestrained with no fear of viruses, riots, and war. If history repeats itself, could we be heading there? If Scott Fitzgerald once described the 1920s as the most expensive orgy in history, I mean, who doesn't want to be part of an expensive orgy? Businesses thrived. So many amazing inventions came from this time. Books, art, fashion. People celebrated life. 
A title came out of the Roaring Twenties, The New Woman. She had bobbed hair and social freedom. Women around the world took life into their own hands and drastically left the Victorian way of life behind. Divorce rates apparently went up to one in seven. It happened this time round too. We've all heard the saying, if you didn't come out of the pandemic divorced with a new puppy or an air fryer, what did you even do? In the roaring 20s, respectable women now wore makeup. In the past, it was only prostitutes, singers and dancers who wore makeup. We all need the makeup in the roaring 20s. It was the age of the flappers, dressed in shockingly short skirts with sheer pantyhose, and women even drank alcohol and smoked. Flappers said very unladylike things and were much more sexually free than before the war and pandemic. For the first time, women dated multiple men before marriage and after marriage too. Millions of women now worked and therefore were able to join in the new consumer economy. Having their own money meant better lives for themselves and their families. Birth control devices such as the diaphragm became freely available and made it possible for women to control their bodies and their choices around when they would have children and how many children they would have. New inventions made housework easier for them too, like the washing machine and the vacuum cleaner. During the 1920s, many people had a lot of extra money to spend, and they chose to spend it on ready-to-wear clothes, home appliances, and entertainment. The movie theatre industry boomed. Some 1920s inventions included the car, the aeroplane, washing machine, refrigerator, band-aid, radio, lie detector test, drive through restaurants, traffic light, automatic watch, instant camera, loudspeaker system, garage door opener, sunglasses, frozen food, and the bread slicer. Imagine life without those. In fact, the saying, the best thing since sliced bread, is said to come from an advertising slogan by Wonder Bread, who were the first commercial manufacturer of pre-sliced bread in the Roaring Twenties. The 1920s was a great era for books. Some of our favourites come out of this time. The Great Gatsby, Ulysses, Mrs. Dalloway. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could go into our own Roaring Twenties now, a hundred years later? What inventions could we come up with? What better ways of life, of celebrating? Here is an idea. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we came out of this time with inventions of love, kindness, integrity taking the forefront? If we could take all the lessons of lockdown, family time, pausing, exercising outdoors, even baking banana bread instead of buying it. Isn't this time a lesson for us in how far kindness can reach? I often said during the pandemic that we were seeing the nasty get nastier and the kind get kinder. It brought out the best and the worst in people. But for those of us where kindness came out more, can we keep it going into our own roaring 20s? My friend Jane Lily Thomas gave a talk the other day and she said, it is easy to be kind on a Friday. I wrote that comment down. I mean, she's so right. What about all the other days, though? Can we be kind on a Monday? We can do all the hard things with kindness and integrity every single day. It is a choice that we make daily. How do we act and react? Can we come from a place of kindness? I recently made a choice to do one of the hardest things of my life with kindness, love, and integrity. I didn't make the choice once. I made it every single morning when I woke up for nearly three years. And I'm still making that choice every single day. But in doing it this way, I truly feel I saved myself and someone I care about deeply from breaking. 
I've come out the other side with two mostly whole people instead of two completely broken people. And I also saved my family and friends a lot of pain. I made the choice and I wrote in my journal what I wanted the outcome to be. Not exactly what would happen. We can't know that. But I wrote about a freedom to be our true selves. Love that reaches deeper than our immediate needs. Stepping out of our comfort zones that no longer served us. And a chance at finding happiness. And when I had to hear things that broke my heart or I felt scared for my future, when I was presented with a new daily choice of anger or love, I went back and I reread my first choice, reminded myself of how I wanted this to end. I made the hardest choices every single day and I have no regrets at all for how I chose to do this. Yes, my life has maybe not turned out the way I wanted it to. So many of our lives haven't. At 43, I'm now faced with a lot more choices to make. It is probably too late to have the life that I dreamed about as a young girl. But I can choose to be bitter, angry, jaded. Or I can choose love, kindness, integrity. Now. This year. This time. I'm choosing it completely for myself. I have given out all the love that I possibly can. And yes, I still have more to give. I will still give love and kindness into the world. It is who I am. But it's time to love myself the most and to be kindest to myself. I made a really good friend lately. I tell him he's my butt kicker because he keeps me focused on my dreams and goals. And he keeps reminding me to look after number one. Every time I get caught up in someone else's drama or toxicity, I get sent a reminder. Number one, Zence, focus on number one. It's hard for me to do this. To put myself above others is impossibly hard. And I've had many conversations lately with other women and men who feel the same way. I've come up with a way that resonates with me though, a way that I can do this without feeling guilty or selfish, and I'd like to share it with you. With every single decision, every single yes or no choice, I ask myself, is this the kindest to me? Not kind, not kinder, kindest to me. Asking myself this question forces me to pause and look at the situation, to think about it for a moment. It has made me make some different choices. Better choices for me. It doesn't always have to be a complete no. In some cases, I've been able to say, no, this is not kindest to me, but with a few boundaries in place, it could be. I can still say yes. It doesn't have to be only on their terms. I can adapt the situation to be kindest to me. Yeah, but it's hard. <laughs> but it is necessary. Putting ourselves first is so necessary. Every morning, you make choices. You choose to brush your teeth, for example. And you do it without even thinking about it. The hardest part of making a new choice is the build-up to making the choice itself. That is the part we agonize over. Once we've made the choice, it's easy to put into action. So, how can you work through the agonizing part with ease? I always say movement is my therapy. I had a big choice to make the other day and I hadn't quite decided what I would do before I started teaching my belly dance classes. For three hours, I danced with my students. I was focused on them and their lessons, and I was enjoying moving my body. I didn't think once about the choice I had to make. But at the end of the class, as I was turning off the studio lights, my choice was crystal clear. I knew exactly what was the kindest choice to me, and it was easy to just do it. I put my choice to the back of my mind while I was teaching. I didn't focus on it. And while I moved, my body processed it until when I picked it up again at the end, I was clear on what I needed to do. What is your therapy? 
Maybe yours is also movement. Gym or a walk on the promenade. Maybe yours is a car ride with music blasting. Maybe it's journaling or a coffee or wine date with a friend. A nail appointment or a massage. It is important to know what works for you, where you find the best moments for your mind to settle on the right choice for you. So the period from 1920 to 1929 is known as the Roaring Twenties. Those years were exciting, fascinating and entertaining. Yale sociologist and physician Nicholas Christakis said that the current pandemic may mimic the 1918 one. In his book Apollo's Arrow, which he wrote in 2020, he said that increasing religiosity, risk aversion and financial saving characterize times of widespread illness. But once it's all over, he says, all of those trends will reverse. Religiosity will decline. People will relentlessly seek out social interactions in nightclubs, in restaurants, in bars, in sporting events, musical concerts and political rallies. Haven't we seen this happening all over the world already? He was so right. People are doing exactly this. We are entering our own repeat of history. Our own exciting, fascinating and entertaining roaring 20s. If we can step into this space, we could make it hugely successful for ourselves. However, if we can learn one thing from history, it is that following the roaring 20s came the Great Depression and the World War. Like I said earlier, We will be given the same lessons in life for ourselves and humanity until we learn them. So can we move forward into our roaring 20s having learned lessons practically of better financial planning in case of another pandemic, war or depression, but also with better values, all the beautiful lockdown lessons learned? Life will always have its ups and downs and many things that we cannot control at all, but we do have the most incredible power of choice. How we show up for ourselves, for others, for life. We can choose every day who and what we want to be. Have you ever thought I'd love a reset button? I think we've just been given one. Our lives stopped dead. We paused. The perfect opportunity for a fresh start. And it's not too late. You can still do it now. Do a stock take of your life. Did you pick up some aspect of your life again after lockdown that maybe wasn't that good for you? A relationship, a client, a hobby, work? Could you put it down again? One of my students came back to class in January after a break. The pandemic was hard for her and her family, and early in 2020, she took a break from dancing. She walked into the studio in January and burst into tears, and I hugged her for the longest time with my own tears pouring down my cheeks. And then she said the most profound thing to me. She said, When my life was in chaos, I could not connect to the most special part of me, the dancer. And so... Before she got broken with the rest of my life, I wrapped her in cotton wool and I put her aside and I promised her that I would pick her up again when this was over. And today I picked her up. I unwrapped her, finding that she was still whole and I drove her to the studio and as I walked in and I saw you, she became a part of me again. I am back. How many of us did the same without even realizing it? Is there a little dancer part of yourself that you put aside so that you could deal with whatever you had to deal with? If there was, don't forget about her or him. In her book Love Warrior, Glennon Doyle wrote about sending out our representatives into the world. This resonated with me so much. When we are busy dealing with things personally in our home or business lives, but we feel we cannot share this with the world, we send out our representative. They are a part of us that stick to the script. 
they smile, they show up as our perfect self. This can be both a blessing and a curse though. Our representative can keep, keep us safe, allow us space to process what we need to privately, but we also don't ever show up as our true vulnerable sides to other people. I did this for a long time. Whatever was going on in my life, I had to show up for my students every evening. I had to show up for KZN Women in Business members, my friends, my family. And so my representative showed up on my behalf and protected my more vulnerable self. And then suddenly, in March 2020, I saw nobody. My interaction with people was all online, my classes, my event. Suddenly, I didn't need to send a representative anymore because there was a screen, a barrier between me and the people. And this forced me to stop pretending. It forced me to stop believing my representative because as much as she had convinced everybody else that I was fine, she had also convinced me that I was fine. This was my gift during the pandemic, my sacred pause. I was forced to look at my life and be brutally honest with myself about what was going on. And so, as I was being real with myself, I pulled away from a lot of friends. I did not know how to show up for them without my representative. I could not be honest with them yet about what I was going through. I needed to sort it out for myself first, and parts of it were not my story to tell yet. Yet I couldn't be dishonest. And so, I pulled away for a while. I am now reconnecting with my friends, and it is so special being able to truly be raw and vulnerable with them. In Cindy Norcott's book, How Does She Do It? She talks about having your list of 25 key influencers, mentors, clients, partners who influence your business positively and who you should nurture relationships with. I wrote another list. I wrote a list of all the friends I wanted to connect with and each week I choose one or two people from that list to have coffee or wine with. They are friends who influence my life in a positive way and who I really want to rebuild a connection with. I have had some really big hard DMCs in the past few weeks, but I'm loving reconnecting with such special people. I've also thanked my representative. She kept me safe when I needed it, but it's now time to let her go and to be real, raw and vulnerable, to take the masks off. In December, I felt emotional and exhausted. I was a wreck. I'd held it all together for so long and I realized as the year ended, I was losing my entire identity. I was no longer a wife, no longer KZ and Women in Business chair lady. My studio had changed drastically so much during the pandemic. After 14 years, I had stepped down from being the chair lady of the Belly Dance Association. I had no idea who Zenta was anymore without these things. And so I escaped down the coast for two weeks. And other than a few social interactions with some special friends, I stayed alone. And I went deep. I cried, I journaled, I celebrated. I found out who I was without all those labels. I pressed reset and I did all the goal setting, dreaming and planning I could do. And I started my new life. I came back to Durban with my mask off, with no representative, my true and vulnerable self. Here is an idea. We are all hoping that mask regulations will soon be lifted. What if we all choose what we will be taking off with our masks? What have we been hiding behind our COVID masks? What feels too scary to show? What have our representatives been covering up for us? I encourage each of you, as you remove your actual COVID mask, to remove at least one of the things that is no longer serving you, to discard it with your mask, and then put on a smile, maybe a little bit of lipstick, because we all need some makeup in the roaring 20s, and show up as your true self. 
Thank you for listening to Champagne Moments. It made me so happy to share this time with you and I look forward to connecting further. For notifications of my upcoming episodes and special guests, please follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Champagne Moments with Center or visit my website, center.life.